Hi. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. Hey, hey. What's that from? That's from Scandinavia. I know. Which I one don't is... Know, I don't know which one is Norway and which one is Sweden, so I, I don't even know. Every time I try to memorize it, I forget. One, yeah. one says, hey, hey, and one says, hi, hi, anytime you walk in anywhere. All right, so you have a big master plan, hi, apparently. Hi, hi. Welcome to Conversation 4. Conversation 4. I thought that we could talk about this old house today. Oh, way to spring that on me. <laughs> I asked you what the what your plan was, and I got well. Let's just see. You didn't have a plan, but I know because go. you're okay. supposed to come up with a plan. And if you want to rely, on, you, if you want me to overfunction in this capacity, you're going to have to deal with some unknowns. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. So, what do you think about this old house? So, this old house that she's referring to is our home that was built circa 1850. Mm-hmm. So. Somewhere around there, um, it's a grand old lady. Okay, so the story about the year that we don't—that's unknown. There, there's some confusion there because they didn't keep great records back then. And um, well, I guess I just, I just, I just answered a question like Jim, or I just stated something like they didn't keep. They kept poor records back then, and so they're, they're. What is it? Is I don't know like the lingo here and how all the legal stuff works, but it's not recorded as having been built until the 1880s. However, it was actually construction commenced in 1848, and believe it was con- it was completed by 1850. Yeah, so I think what it has to do with the city records of when they started documenting it and having things recorded. A lot of times you'll see like 1901 for the construction date for houses. That's just because they don't know the exact year, but it was prior to that. So anyway. And we're talking about the house that we live in, by the way. That's our home. Yeah. That would pretty much our house. This old house. It's an old house. Yeah. So we we have an old house that was, uh, it's approximately 3,600 square feet Mm -hmm. without the basement. We have an old steam boiler that was converted from coal to natural gas. That's not very efficient. Uh, it's hard to keep warm in the winter, but we absolutely love it. We love the character of it. Um, all the windows are original, not all the glass, but you're laughing over here. I think you're setting me up for something here. I didn't I feel even like... mean to. This is why this is so okay. great. I love how this organically unfolds. Because I'm stating facts about the house. Because you you're talking get... about the structure. And yes. you know what? It's funny. Infrastructure, I, like, structure. Two let's... years ago, I think we had a conversation about this, how like how much I, how mesmerized I am by seeing, by visiting historical structures. And like, I just, I just want, you know, I just think of the movie Outlander. I like, I just want to pass through a rock and like go and see the stories about the people that came through these places and the lives that they lived and their individual stories. And you're like, huh, that's interesting. I'm also equally fascinated, but I'm just really fascinated with how they constructed these things and the structure. And I'm like, well, the wow, all that the, is, that's so, that summarizes everything. All of the rough sawn timber, yeah, the way it was constructed, there is no fireplace <laughs> in the house. You literally, There's like, a, the boiler, the window, like you went into the whole structural thing. That right. was, when I first said, let's talk about this old house, This that's immediately where you went was the structure. And I... You want to get into Dr. I, Wells, yeah, the original Yeah, my first owner. thought was like, I can't wait until he's done so I can tell the story of this house. And I then I started laughing because I'm like, oh, here we go again. 
Our personalities are playing out. The nice thing is we can tell the full story. Yeah. All aspects of it. Of because we each have a piece to share. I know, and we can laugh about it. Don't be self-conscious. I'm not making fun of you. I'm laughing. At, I'm neutralizing the situation from an objective perspective. Oh, I'm perspective, totally good. And I'm, I'm totally good. It. Okay. So the windows, a lot of them are original. A few of them have, I mean, you can tell which ones are original, which panes are original. The windows are original. Some of the panes are not. Most of them are not. But there's, right. you can tell there's le- there's lead, some lead panes, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a handful of them left. You can see the wave in the glass. Whether they're original or replaced very early on, we don't know. But, you know, whatever year they changed over from leaded glass to yeah. regular glass. Anyway. Yeah, so I also actually wanted to start about the story how we got the house too because I thought well, that was really romantic. <laughs> and you're actually the one who spearheaded all of it. So Yeah, go for it. Okay, you don't want to talk about it? Well, I, you, again. I'm a better storyteller. You're a better storyteller, so I'd rather have the story told in a way that's well, maybe. I think I'm a better storyteller. Uh, a little more detailed and a little more interesting. Yeah. So we lived together when you when we got together. We married in 2015, and you had purchased a house. And it's funny because it was 2016, and we were kind of I'm sorry, I'm messing this up. We started dating in 2013 September. I bought the other you house decided, in 2014. Yes, you started going house, getting excited about house hunting in the spring of 14, and it was awkward because. You know, it's this whole thing of like, are what are we like? How you know? And you just the dance that people play when they're first dating and trying to figure out one another's goals and one another's intentions. And then, and in my mind, I was shopping for our house. Oh no, you totally were. Yeah. That was the weird thing. And so, but there, which was so sweet, but it also was awkward because it was like you were. There's this. There's this whole thing of like. You're shopping for our house with this undertones of like, but do I need to ultimately just look out for myself? And then me thinking like, that's so sweet. You're shopping for a house for us. But these undertones of like, practically the locations you're looking at aren't going to work. And also, I'm not going to say that to you because if you haven't picked up on that, I also like, you know, like I don't want to destroy your future if we don't work out. So you know, in, in hindsight, I used, I said to you, why the fuck would you look for a house and we're new in a relationship if you're considering our future? Um, so we went through that whole turmoil. That was uh, So I'm getting to the – I don't want to, like, get too lost in this story, but you – what? Just speak closer to the microphone, I think. I thought I was too close. Yeah. Okay. So you had purchased this house, and it was – a great house and I didn't want to hold you back from that so I was like yes it's awesome and I truly at the end of the day honestly I was like you know what if I need to make it work I'll make it work and that's where you violate your own boundaries boys and girls because there was a whole thing that played out with that you we, tried. we ended up getting married we ended up living together and I tried so hard for a long time and it was very hard and I'm not even going to go into the layers that caused drama around that because I was really upset about having to convince him that I couldn't do it anymore and the fact that I had to convince him and how much bullshit resided around that whole theme for me. But ultimately, we agreed that we needed to move closer because – go ahead. Yeah. I think – and maybe this is where me being aloof, not tuned in. Avoidant. Avoidant. Let's stop being so nice. (laughs) I didn't recognize and you – 
didn't, you did. You avoided. You didn't vocalize for <laughs> I a... I vocalized. <laughs> <laughs> not to me, not in a way that I understood, at least. Mm-hmm. The commute was very difficult for you mm-hmm. and your children, mm-hmm. especially your children, yeah. I think, because I looked at the commute for... Me going to work and you going to work. Your kids went to school in a different. I know place. you can defend yourself all day long and bore the listeners. No, I want to share. Details, but yes, no, you, I want to share the details. That's the point: is that you were looking at the logistics and yeah. didn't give a fuck about how I felt about it. And I tried to make it work, and I, I started questioning myself, and it was a whole thing. Um, anyways, it was awful, and it's funny because after we ultimately, obviously moved, all of that went away. So that was. Validating. You mean the whole commute situation went away? That was the big issue there, that we no, faced. No, the the thing is, is that the commute it permeated every aspect of our lives. Right, like it wasn't right. just like, oh, I'm dealing with a commute. Like, me and my kids weren't getting home till six thirty. There was all this other like it, it it prevented us from linking as a family in so many Completely ways. Completely agree. So I'm not. We don't even need to like go into. No, those what details. I'm saying. What I'm saying. I thought that's what you what you were getting at, though. I completely agree. with I that. I will just say that once we moved, like. It changed. It was a game changer. And it was. Okay. And I okay. feel like a lot of people, you were really worried about what other people would think about us moving. And that also was very hurtful. But that's you and that our our relationship has evolved since then. But like, um, I was like, oh, that's that's nice. I'm glad that you're worried about what everyone else is thinking about about what's going on, because, you know, I could go there, too. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, <laughs> I won't go off on a tangent. We moved. You you were. <laughs> You were like, okay, we'll move once it was decided. This is before I knew a lot about you, as much as I know now. And I realized that was a really difficult decision for you. It was a very, very difficult decision for you. And you did it. And I want to give – actually, in hindsight, I want to go back and give you credit for that. Um, And it was – during the house hunting process, it was difficult because I didn't want to push you – um, I wanted you to have everything that you wanted in a new home because I didn't want you to blame anything on me. So we had very different standards about what we would have in a home. Um, I think it's fair to say that I had, I had lower, much lower, lower standards. <laughs> I'm like, we don't need any of that. So that's. Let me just step back. The house, <laughs> the house that I bought, thinking of us and where uh-huh. we were going. Uh-huh. It really was a fantastic house uh-huh. and had so much to offer, it and it was. Perfect in so many ways, yeah. except for location was not yeah. what we ultimately – it didn't work for us. It did. So trying to be like, but it, okay. But it hurt, that's what hurt me. And so let's yeah, not yeah. go back because let's not go back and rehash that because okay. the more you defend yourself, <laughs> the more hurtful it gets. Because again, you I'm were, just, again, obsessed about this fucking location and the bang for your buck and like – right. I'm just trying to. Explain I was also that. upset that you in the in the in the first place. Like if I, if the if the roles were reversed, in hindsight, I would have like been like, "There's no way that this location would work for him." I feel bad about this. I want this, but I know it's not going to work. I know it's not fair. Yeah. I know it's not this. I know it's not that. Uh, so let's not. Let, I want to go back to like how we like fell into this house, though. But can I just? I the my my the the thing I want to say about that was. It was a great house. The location wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And in, for me... It wasn't great, folks. Not what it was. It, was. it just wasn't great. <laughs> it sucked, okay? <laughs> That's what it was. It's, uh, the location sucked. It was great for him. It, 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 was, it was far for me, too. Anyway. It was great for him. The point being <laughs> that I wanted to find an equal, what I consider to be an equal house to that. 
I've learned so much since then about yeah. what's important and about, yeah. okay, this is more important yeah. than the house we live in is our relationship yeah. and the we're, dynamic. We're glad that you've evolved beyond that. But Thank anyways, you. there was okay. a battle. And Go let's ahead. actually rewind a little further. There was a point where when you and I were dating and I said, let's go to the farmer's market. It's such a, it's so cute. It's so great. Blah, blah, blah. And you were like, well, I've never been there. And so we, I was like, oh, I used to go all the time. Let's go. So we went and it was so cute. And then we, we actually decided to walk through the downtown and we walked over this bridge and it was the most charming, quintessential, historic, all the things experience you could have. And there was this house that was for sale on the corner, this beautiful corner. It was so beautiful. And you're, I was like, wow, it would be so cool. I've always wanted to live in a historic home. And you're like, yeah, wow. It was, it was for this, it was for sale for like a ton of money. Like it was outside of anybody's budget, but it was just really cool. And we just, we just talked about it. That was it. And I had also said that I always wanted to live in a historic home. And um, anyways, so as we're fast forward, we're living in this house, we're married, the honeymoon's over, like we're going at each other. And um, you had, we just, we finally agreed to this. And I was, I was trying to be patient with your expectations. And then you said to me, do you remember that house that we walked by that one time in downtown Howell? And I said, yeah, she, you said, I noticed it never sold. Do you, what do you think if I wrote the owners a letter? And told them, you know, asked them if they were still interested in selling and like doing a for sale by owner situation. I think we could maybe get a price that like feels much more reasonable. So I was like, okay, sure. So you wrote them a letter, and I think maybe even within 24 hours, you got a f- you sent it snail mail, right? No, it was it was about a week later because oh, okay. we didn't hear anything back, and I was like, well, it was worth a shot, but nothing happened. And then we were going to a birthday party for Katie. At a bowling alley, and we got a phone call oh, that morning. Yeah, that's it was right. like Sunday morning, yeah. and we got a phone call. Hello. Yes. And hey, we got your letter, and it was like, oh shit. Uh huh. Go ahead. So I think that he goes, "We're ready if you want to come over today and see the house." And it was like yeah. a snowy day, right? Because it was winter. They they had a grown adult child, or you know, daughter that had moved out of the country, so they took it off the market. To go travel abroad. Okay, well, that's not... Let, no, what let, I'm saying let's is... Let's rewind. I'm just saying we went to the house that night to yes, go visit. Yes, we did. What? <laughs> so he said, hey, I'm definitely interested in selling. You, we, you want to come over and see the house tonight? Yes. So we came over and we saw the house. And basically, they were like, yes, we're interested in selling. We don't need to give their details. They were going to put it business. back on the market that spring. The reason they, they took it off is because they were out of the country, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah. If you're, are you very worried about saying, like, what, well, what really went on? Why did they really take it off the market? Make sure that you aren't, like, bamboozled or, like, is that a word, taken advantage of? Yeah, It's no. very important for you to add that detail about why they took it off the market. No, I think it's inter- <laughs> I think it's interesting because when we sent the letter to them not knowing anything other than I looked it up and the ownership hadn't changed of the home, uh-huh. wondering why that was. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was like a week later, we heard back and they were like, we were going to put it back on the market this spring. Yes. We were just out of the country. So again, I want to focus on the romantic details of this transaction and you want to focus. That is romantic. <laughs> the timing the timing of it was oh, okay. like, all right, that's it's just the way things work out in life sometimes. Yes. You can't predict. You don't know. There's that's no true. rhyme or reason. Well, and, they did say that they couldn't sell it. I mean, I they did say that they couldn't sell it and well not that they couldn't that it didn't sell as, fa- as quickly as they thought it would and 
there was this life event that they just thought maybe the universe and what the timing wasn't right, so they took it off the market. They, I feel like that was a story. I could be wrong about that. So, but they want, but they also like they weren't. It would the timing was interesting because they were like, we're not also in a rush to sell. So if these this wonderful couple, they thought they fell in love. I mean, I guess I can't speak for them, but they <laughs> fell in love for with us. And they were like, well, yeah, we want we want you to have this home. We could see that you guys would take care of it and cherish it the way we've cherished it, and that's important to they, us. They took a lot of pride in maintaining yeah. the historic yes. integrity of the they house did. in many Beautiful ways. Beautiful work with the home, and that's like that's a historic homeowner, you know, characteristic. Yeah. I think. So um, they were like, yeah, well, we'll do this, and and you know, you thankfully you're a lawyer by trade, and. He agreed to a for sale by owner situation. He had contacts where he could have friends help him with what he needed for his legal stuff. So we were able to we we made an offer. Actually, I think we walked away and they said, "Tell us what you want." We asked them what they would sell it for. Yes, and we didn't hear back from them for a couple of days. And you were like, "We need to make an offer," and it needs. I'm like, "No, hold, just hold I don't on." You're like, "Remember that? Oh my, okay. you don't remember that? No." So okay. then they came back. And I was like, oh, my God, if we do that, that's a lot of money. Like, we can't we can't do that. You're like, we, they're, they're going to go to the market. We're going to lose this thing. Mm-hmm. And he literally, I think, the next day wrote back. And the yeah. number he gave us, it was, like, significantly less than what you, were will, what you said we would offer. And it was like, that's perfect. That was that yes. was doable. It made us. It didn't make us it was, feel like it, it was, was so fair. What it was is yes. it was fair, yeah. and it made me feel like he was full of integrity. Yes. These people were actually full of integrity. It solidified everything for me, and I was like, "This is this is awesome. This is fucking meant to be." And it, honestly, I was like, "This is like a dream home for me," and I don't I don't think I ever had dream home in the like forecast for my life. Like I never expected I would live in a dream home. And this is a dream home for me. And this might, this would probably not be a dream home for a lot of people, but it was a dream home for me. So I was like, wow, okay, we're going to do this. Well, you think about the market over the past couple of years. We we bought this house in 2017. In the past couple of years, it's cash offers. You've got to, you know, you've, as soon as it closes, you've got five offers, you know, highest and best, blah, blah, blah. They were like, Here's what we're willing to sell it for. We're in no hurry. So yeah. when you sell your house, yes, we'll close. That was the other thing. And it's like <laughs> it was amazing. It you was couldn't so, have written this any more they romantic. Were so awesome. And he was like, this is the other thing. Um, he's like an actor, <laughs> and he like, like he was just really cool. So he would. Should I say this? I don't know. Does it matter? I'm not saying. Like he was. Do what do you think, Jim? I think it's fine. He was the star of there was a Broadway show in um, downtown Detroit called Ernie. Is it Broadway or a play? I don't even know. Well, it's know. a it's a. He's it's an not act, on He's Broadway, been in Hollywood movies too. Like he was in a movie with like got a lot of sound Gerard voiceover Butler acting. And stuff. And like, yeah, and he worked a lot from home and needed a lot of work on this house. But we went. We actually ended up going to see because he was. That was the other thing. He was in the Ernie. He starred as Ernie in Ernie the the show in Detroit, which I think he had said had been running for nine years. And it was in its last season, and he was actually, like, wanting to move closer to the west side of the state so he could be closer to his agent. Um, and so we got to go see one of those last shows. We made sure we made a trek out to Detroit and watch yeah. him perform, and he was, he was really good. Um, so anyways, 
but just the nicest couple. They were so cool. They were so nice. And then they actually left a lot of their furniture to us. Well, we paid for it, but like they were going to downsize. So they asked us if we wanted it. And it was like some antique stuff, some cool, not even, and then some stuff from, um, a lot of stuff from uh, Ethan Allen because they, they apparently had an Ethan Allen like interior decorator come, come out, out and help them stage that because it's hard to furnish a, a big ass historic home like none of our furniture fit in here that was hard and we're still working that's like an ever evolving process too but um can i just get a little fun fact yeah please we are sitting in our closet right now yes. recording this which we've cleaned up and you know it's a it's a good sized closet at one time it was somebody's maid's quarters let's just clarify that and which is yeah. a small maid's quarters like very small but but he used to record his voiceover work in yes. this closet because it was away from everything in the house and <gasps> oh my gosh you're right full circle you forget about that it's not even that i forgot about that i just forgot like the fact that we're filming the podcast in here because yeah. he did it for sound for the sound reasons and yeah. that's what we're doing yep and on the ceiling we when we moved in we made it a, in, in a closet it wasn't a closet for them it was his home office and so we put up b-board on the walls and some built-in i don't know what they're called they're, they're nothing, nothing fancy closet organizers painted it all and we were planning to paint the ceiling but he drew all these silly little <laughs> doodles Pencil on the ceiling faces. so we're like we can't paint over those. So we thought it was dirty and then we looked closer and literally my <laughs> guess is when he was in here in his home office working, he just doodled it's a it's a slope ceiling. Yeah. Um and so he just drew these little faces with different expressions on them. I mean like yes. you know, tiny little faces, but yeah. we said, Yeah, we can't we can't paint that. Yeah, no. Yeah. We're, we're and it's it and the and the ceiling needs to be painted. It's hard to look at, but I'm not doing it. So there's a lot that's the thing about historic homes there's so much rich history and stories here like I have tried to do um, some research on the census history here just to see the different people that have lived here we've had people contractors come out because you know it's a historical and there's a lot of things that need to be maintained and looked at and checked out and you like several have said wow this house has been well cared for like so that's reassuring, right? Yeah, and we've had a couple of them that have said, yeah, we've worked in the house over time. Yes. And, you know, yes. one of them. I've been here before. It used to look like this, et cetera, et yeah. cetera. <laughs> and, and we even had one, an older gentleman that helps out a neighbor around yes. here that said, I used to do work in this house. Probably my guess is back in the 70s, maybe 80s based on his age. Yeah. And he's like, I couldn't tell you what I did, but I've worked yeah. in this house. We've had, I, I feel like there's been more than a couple well, that have said they've the done Well, here's the thing about living in a historic house. home is there's a lot of people that have stories about your house. And there yeah. is this saying, I'm going to screw this up, but like, it's not our house. Like, it's a it's a piece of history that we're taking care of momentarily. Like this house belongs to a lot of people, and there's a lot of stories here, and I I'm okay with that. I like really honor that. And there was one woman that drove. She was riding her bike by one day with her grandson, and she was staring at our house. And I was like, "Can I help you?" And she said, "Yeah, I'm sorry." She goes, "My parents used to own this house." And she's, she said that her dad had actually converted it into apartments. And, and, that was um, in the 70s, right? Yeah, I think it was pre-70s. So I think okay. the 70s is when it was turned back into a single residence. But anyways, I should have invited her in. I didn't think about it at the time, but we had this St. Bernard who's not well with people. So I didn't want to deal with any of that. But 
she was able to tell me how she's like I think I remember how it was broken down and she was telling me how it was separated because we've always wondered like how was this even separated into apartments yeah there's only two and a half bathrooms so yeah we're trying to figure that out and obviously and it look, kitchen, I mean so, so many things are so original but there is a the previous owners this is the thing is that people have people leave things with the new owners they pass you know to care for and so we have a lot of newspaper articles we have obituaries on the original owner like we have a lot of things we and so we learned that in the 70s there was a big newspaper article spread because these this couple had purchased the house and turned it back into a single residence and they actually replastered all the walls they tore down a lot of things and so i i would love to know i would i would just wish i had their pictures to know what it looked like when they had moved in and we have we have pictures of what it looked what they did to it because the newspaper had a whole spread. Yeah, and, and I think the the in, the cool thing about it is the owner we bought it from, he did a ton to restore the outside siding, put cedar siding back on it, ripped mm-hmm. off the, you know, asphalt, whatever kind mm-hmm. of siding. The owners before him upgraded the plumbing and the electrical to, you know, to get yeah. it up to speed, but also did a bunch of stuff to kind of like, you know, I guess get it back to its original state a little bit, and then prior to them, they did all the plaster work. So every owner has yeah. done something to yeah. improve it, yet kept it. And they did a good job. So it's not yes. it was not a fixer upper by any means when we got it. Like it was a pretty. But good every job. owner took pride in making sure it stayed yes. in its original state. Yes, like our few. front doors are original to the home. I mean, there's so many. We have all original hardwood floors in here. Um, it's just. It's really it's so neat, and the basement's got a cistern, which is creepy, very creepy, and I just love it. I just so we so the history on the guy that that originated here, this the guy that built this house, his name was I'm gonna I always screw this up. William, him and his Wells. son have the same name. So is he William H or William L? I can never remember. I think L. <laughs> no. William L. Wells. Um, it's on our plaque. We found plaque for him. I just don't have it in front of me. But he was a physician who was from New York and um, actually at one point was in St. John's, Michigan, and then realized, I don't know, was summoned to Howell, Michigan, because they needed more physicians. So he's one of the first settlers, kind of. Uh, He was the county coroner. There's a lot of him in the history. I mean, the people, the major... um, forefathers that settled Howell like he was a major player in all of that the McPhersons they talk about them a lot in Howell you know he there's some documentation in the local history books about him having to go over and pronounce their deaths and you know just things like that as the county coroner um yeah and he used the house uh from our understanding yeah. as his office yeah, where suppose- there were multiple entryways to the house well there are multiple entryways. there are multiple entryways but um, supposedly so, those were supposedly he practiced out of the home but he also didn't because he did in his obituary he he his downtown office is referenced so he did okay. have an office downtown when he died the funeral was here there was um, the whole town shot down for his funeral um, so I am confused about that the legend is is that he had a, a office here but I'm, I don't I'm having a hard time believing that but then again I mean maybe he had both at one point or had this one here first um, there is definitely the setup for it, so it makes sense. Um, he also, 
apparently back then being a physician was not a lucrative business. So he sold, what did he sell? Seed. Seed. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to add that, that that was the, the interesting thing is being a physician didn't cut it to build a house like this. So he also, we're in a uh, pretty good size agricultural community, um, not so much where we are, but surrounding us. And so he apparently sold seed and that's where most of his money came from. Yeah. I should have brought up the documentation, but he, I think he, he lived into his 80s, which when did, so when did he die? Like, was it in the 1930s? I remember he's totally screwing this up, but. Yeah, it's confusing. No, so, not the 30s, definitely. No, we have a cemetery um, near us that we walk to that's by the, the lake a couple blocks away. It's gorgeous. It's a, it's a absolutely beautiful cemetery. And Diamond in the rough. Yeah, his, gem. his tombstone, as well as the tombstones of his family, um, and not just tombstone, but the yeah. mark. What do you call those? Grave them? markers. Yep. Are there. Yeah. And so the different names and dates, we've tried to line those up with the, you know, his wife and children and relatives and it's uh it's frustrating because he doesn't appear to have any lineage like i have done this i've tried to do a lot of research on this like he had a he had an adult he had a he had two a daughter and a son he was married and his daughter had a child it appears that they married she married um oh my gosh i'm gonna there was another house downtown that i almost bought one time in the the county treasurer lives Wetmore. there. Wetmore. So she married a Wetmore. So I don't know if they're on. Uh, there's a Wetmore Street here. So I don't know if there's. Um, there, I assume there's relation there. But she married a Wetmore and had a child with this person. The child died as a baby, and then she died shortly thereafter. She died before the, the her dad. Yes, but yes, she definitely died before her dad. But she had a child, and her child died. I think at maybe a year, like maybe nine months. Yeah. Like it wasn't a teeny tiny infant. And then she had died within a couple months later. So I don't, I, I assume that they had something, whatever virus was going around at the time. And then she, there's, and then I can't find, but I can't find any documentation of what, who her husband was. I just see that what her name was at the time of death, which was Wetmore. And then- Ranny. No, Rainy? no, that was her middle name because that's her mother's maiden name. Okay. See, this is what happens. This, yeah, I okay. get frustrated with you. <laughs> Anyways, which is there's a rain like the funeral home across the street has Rainy Park. There's got to be a relation there. But anyways, um, so then he also had a son, and now I can't recall my recollection my recollection of my research on the son. But I don't. It does not appear that he had any children or ever was married. So, I was really hoping to like find some sort of lineage of wells that were still around that I could contact and be like, oh, we, you know, we have your, this person's house that, but it doesn't seem to exist. It seems that it just sort of died. And so then in a way, and I could be wrong, maybe there is lineage, but assuming there's not, in a way, it just makes me feel even more responsible to like honor his life in a way. Like I want to go back and like visit his, I don't, <laughs> I should plant flowers there, but I just feel like a need to like keep his legacy alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, we redid the patio out back and put an outdoor fireplace out there. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, we put a plaque on it mm -hmm. um, with our names, but then also with his name and the year, you know, circa 1850 for the house too, to kind of just keep that. Yeah. You know, focused on the fact that there's rich history here. Yes. 
Yeah, and like I said, like if I there's a really cool. I, I'm I'm gonna screw this up because I'm I'm such a novice, but there's this really old book that was written. I, it's almost like it was I don't remember the name of it. It's almost like it was journal entries of a woman's experience settling in Howell and she would spend time with the natives here. I mean, it was that unsettled. There was what nothing, nothing was here in her talking about spending time with the natives and their attunement to nature and just reading all it. It's pretty fascinating, but um, she it's a very long book, and so I believe he's even referenced in that, talking about, like, at one point, again, Dr. Wells had to come in and pronounce the death. And so it's just there – so many things that must have happened here. I can't even imagine. And, you know, we've dug up things. Um, one of – when the guy that lived here previous to us, I, we had emailed him because in the basement we found this very old, very, very old, like, straw garden hat and then, like, a newspaper that was dated from – was it 1875 or something? It was very... It sounds right. I don't remember I feel like the exact it's, year, but... And it was just like this random thing, and it just had, like, court appearances, maybe things for sale, just... And I was like, Where, what is that? And he's like, I found it in the backyard. I dug it up one day, and he, he's like, I just decided to leave it in the house so every future person that lives yeah. there can have that when he recited it and he was doing some cleanup out there and stuff he yeah. uncovered it when he was putting scaffolding up i think and dug it up in the yard and yeah it's like the coolest thing because i'm like that which i have no idea how that paper would have survived in any condition i know honestly i feel like now that it's out in the open air like i feel like every time i go and open it which is not often i'm like i feel like it's it's deteriorating even yeah. more maybe we should do something about that <laughs> What are you looking at me like that for? Uh, no reason. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So I was thinking about when you were talking about that, what I thought you were going to say, which was had nothing to do with him. Um, mm -hmm. When we built our outdoor fireplace and patio and stuff and we had to pour a whole foundation for it and do all this work. So I brought a mm -hmm. mini excavator home and we started digging in the yard. Mm -hmm. And we ended up digging up bones in the yard. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, what's going on here? So we called the police. Mm -hmm. And they came out and said, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they hooked us up. Um, they contacted the coroner, uh, coroner for the county. And he came out. And he was like, Oh shit! I know everybody thought they were human, and uh, yeah, the, <laughs> I'm glad that we were crazy spoiler, in that regard. Spoiler: not human. they were not human bones, but <laughs> they actually had to send them to the next county over. They said if they were Native American bones, there are burial grounds around here. Yes, that they would have Michigan State University. They would come out and basically take over yeah. the yard and, and hand dig everything yes. up to yes. relocate that. Because we are, we do live on a, in an in an old Native American burial ground. This this town was settled. Right. On a Native American burial ground and like merry-go-round or burial ground. <laughs> Yeah, that was so, interesting how that came out. It so, was interesting, yeah. but the, the the interesting part about it was, but if they were of European descent, didn't matter, throw them out. Well, and it's not interesting. It's valid. So No, it is valid. I'm just saying yeah. that it's, yes. it was like, no, that was, if it's Native we, American, there's a real. Our project would have been halted for God knows how long because the university would have had to come in and take yeah. over the land. 
However, it took a while. It, the bones were sent to University of Michigan. To, was it an archaeologist or an anthropologist that had to look at the bones? I don't remember. But anyways, all the report we got back was not human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no other information, what kind of animal or anything. I think they were they probably a coward. But either way, they they were, I mean, I just imagine that's, I just still have these fantasies about how, like, he is pulling up, you know, he, it was a horse-drawn carriage situation. Like, like maybe it was a horse or a cow or something that, that was buried by, who knows? I mean, it, who knows how old, it, how old those bones were, but it was... Crazy, and we did find just other things like we found nail polish, like sand toys, like things that belong to we people. Found part of an old uh, teacup and yeah, and we and we googled them, and they were and things from like the 1930s and 20s, which yeah. isn't that old, but it was still really cool because it was just like oh, somebody, some child probably was playing in the dirt with their mother's old nail polish bottle, you know? Yeah. And there we found little dump trucks and. It was just it was cool. Fun. Silverware, old silverware. I, I'm waiting to find some real cool treasures. We, <laughs> we haven't. But I think I think the most terrifying thing that has happened to us, well, the first terrifying thing that has happened to us is we have these original soft pine floors, and um, they they have they like you see through to the basement. For example, there's no subfloor. Yeah, like, if there's a knot in the pine that's now missing, yeah. there's just a hole. Yeah. But on the on the second level, obviously we don't see through to the lower level because there's a ceiling, right? Yep, the plaster ceiling. Yeah. But we lab. started – I woke up one night in the middle of the night and there was like noise under the floorboards under my bed, which there's – keep in mind, my, like there's cracks between the floorboards. You know what I mean? Like these floors, there's – yeah, they were tongue and groove, but over time the wood shrinks a little bit and they filled it, but the filler comes out. And so, yeah, you can, there's certain little gaps. So there's clearly a rodent like rolling around in our bedroom under the floorboards. Rolling something around. Rolling something around, hanging out, and it was happening constantly. And finally, well, it's just, we realized it was maybe a few squirrels hanging out, rolling around walnuts, and they would just. <laughs> Yeah, it the sounded red, like a golf ball. The red, the red squirrels found their way in, and uh, yeah, had a little stash um, by where the chimney comes up um, from the basement boiler all the way upstairs. I don't know if it was extra warm there or whatever the case is, but outside of that, they they made a nice little stash with some newspaper and walnuts under the floorboards. Yeah, and then. They're not the only rodents that visit our household. We were able, we've learned that if the local exterminator company is at our house one week, he's going to be at the neighbors two weeks later, right? Like they just travel from house to house. Yeah, they've made a good living in the area, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Mostly so, with bats. Yeah, we have a lot of bats. We've had a lot of bats, which is disgusting. Yeah, when we say a lot of bats, I mean I know some house, some houses in the attics they have, you know, in the attic they have hundreds of bats. We've never had that, but no, just the but fact we that get we've visited had... by rogue bats in our house, too much, too. I think when I was growing up as a kid, we had one bat in our house. I remember, Same with us. I remember we had one, one situation where a bat came into our house. Same with me. We've been here for five years, and we've had five or six that we that... have 
had to, well. Get out of the house. Yeah, and we've had a couple that we just lost track of because they were in the house and we couldn't find them. And we were just forced to go to bed at that point because we couldn't locate them. Yep, seal up the doors. Yeah. This old house. This old house. You don't want to tell about the bat landing on your face? So, <laughs> yeah, we, so we've had this company out, and they, they've done a great job. They've sealed up all these entry points when we had the red squirrels. They, you know, they put the, the traps so that they could get rid of them. Um, they ended up putting screens in because when we patched up one hole, the squirrels literally just chewed through, you know, six inches over, and there's all the shavings and stuff. I mean, just instantly, like, the next day they were back in. So they did a great job with that. We thought we got rid of the bats, and the actually Thanksgiving night, um, after Thanksgiving, we were sleeping about 3 in the morning, and I somehow felt something touch my face. I went and swatted it. I thought, I don't know why I thought it was like a moth or something that had fallen. And then as I woke up a little bit, realized like, what the, what the fuck was that? I need to see what it was that touched my face. And I catch something out of the corner of my eye that's flying around before the the light turned on because i feel like you were like jumped up immediately like i think there a bat just landed on my face yeah at first and then you turned on the light at first i thought it was a moth or something but you said out loud bat that was yeah that was like it was all of this happened within like a split second yes it was very quick where all of a sudden i realized that wouldn't have made sense i think in my head and so i caught this thing and then turned on the light and yes there's a bat flying in circles around our room. So was like, what the, what the fuck? Yeah. Got the broom, got the dustpan, got the bat. We'll and take, I just like hit under the Yeah, thing. you hit under the covers, which was actually, I was surprised because normally you would bolt out of the room so fast. You hit under the covers. I got it in the bathroom. I have always been very good about not injuring the bat, but getting it outside relocating it and this one was flying in circles in our bathroom and after having it you know had it touched my face <laughs> I, I took the dustpan and I swatted it with the dustpan it fell on the floor I was like oh my god I think I just killed it grabbed it between the dustpan and the broom and then it started making noise again so mm-hmm. I just kind of knocked it down for a second and then let it go outside and that was the end of it it was gone and then the next morning i took your car in for an oil change and it was sitting there i was thinking about a story one of your friends told us about his son being in college Mm -hmm. thinking he got bit by a bat and Mm -hmm. he's like you need to go in Mm -hmm. so i looked up well what do you need to do if you've had contact with a bat and so if nobody has heard this before yeah that if you are in your sleeping if you're sleeping Special. And you see a bat. You wait. If you sleep and you wake up to it. It says right. if you wake up to a bat in your room. Yes. Because you don't know. If it's bats, landed on Bat's you. teeth are very small. You won't know necessarily that a bat has bitten you or not. Yeah. Um, sometimes you can tell, but other times you won't know. So you, at that point, if you wake up to a bat in your room, you have to assume it could have bitten you. Mm-hmm. And you need to go start a regimen of shots for the, the rabies, rabies vaccine. vaccine. 
Yeah. And you, I mean, obviously you have, you know, it landed on you. We don't know if it landed on me. I'm a deeper sleeper than you. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to hope that I'm just going to assume it didn't because I didn't feel it, but I still got the shots too, just in case. Um, but we know, I mean, it's, we know, we know where the bat's at. We, we found where it's at. We've, we've covered the access to our house, so it can't get into our house anymore, but because it's sleeping in like this outdoor underground cellar that we have, if it's, if it survived the cold that we had the last few yeah, weeks, a couple days, I mean, but we have, I mean, bats are just a chronic issue when you live in an, an historic home in an old neighborhood. It's just, there's nothing. I mean, we we keep just, I think wingman, they're amazing, but I think they're just going to be regular friends of ours for a long time, for the rest of our yeah, lives. And they've been great at coming back out and uh-huh. handling anything. And mm-hmm. he said, honestly, he when he came back out and uh, he found the bat, a yeah, bat in the it. cellar, and he's yeah. like, I've been doing this for like 18 years. This is not mm-hmm. normal. But I do and see it's also it not normal to have a bat laying on your face. Like they typically avoid people. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing, like, every time we had to go in for a vaccine, we got a different staff person every time. And they're like, so what happened? Did you, like, you know, contact with a dog? And you're like, no, no, a bat landed on my face. And they're all, what? That's wild. Like, everybody was just shocked by that. It's disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, as part of that, the rabies vaccine, after that exposure, you we had to get a tetanus shot, and then we had to get... We had to go back four times mm-hmm. for the rabies vaccine. It's mm-hmm. a, se- a series of shots. Mm-hmm. And then we had to get the immunoglobin, am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, shots the first time, which you got a couple. Yeah, you had to get it on your face. I had to get six of those. Because you actually, like, you were able to identify a, a, a contact Yeah, where did spot? it touch you? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was here. Okay, we're going to do three shots in your face. And then you were second guessing. You're like, wait, maybe it was what the if other it wasn't side. There? <laughs> and they're like, we just kind of put them everywhere. So. Yeah. And I got them anyways. I just They put them in my legs. Yeah, that's supposed to attract the toxins. Because if a, if a bat has rabies or an animal has rabies, and I actually dealt with somebody at work that got bit by a dog subsequent to that, and they're like, oh, it's fine. There's no reaction. I'm like, Okay, if the dog had rabies because we weren't able to identify whose dog it was, blah, 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 long story short, Mm -hmm. you may not know for months, you know, even maybe a couple of years that you were infected. And if you were infected with rabies, you're going to die. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. When you think about the incubation period, it's absolutely terrifying what we read. It was like like a month's incubation period. Yeah, and by by that time, it's too late. There's nothing they can do. Like almost always deadly. Yeah, there's nothing they can do at that point. It's like, well, you have rabies, and okay, you're it, you're, it's gonna eat your brain, do yeah. whatever it does, and yeah. you're gonna ultimately die, most yeah. likely. So, well, and I think that was like one of the things for me, where I was like, I got to do this because the fact that the bat landed on your face made me think like. Okay, bats don't land on people's faces. What kind of fucking bat lands on somebody's yeah. face? Yeah, so is this right? bat rabbit? Like, if, a, if, a, if the bat's rabbit, it's probably going to, like, land on humans, you know? But then, wait, we don't know. It probably wasn't. But the funny thing is, is why I like to joke, is that if a bat lands on you or near you, it's supposed to be, like, a really, really good omen. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> hopefully, that will never happen again in oh, our lifetime. Yeah, hopefully. Made it 40 Four years. All of during and all of the rodents that live here, which I'm terrified of rodents, and 
Oh, we have st- we have so many spiders. I can't, you know, the spider situation is out of control. And but I would I love this house so much. I'm absolutely in love with this house. Like I I wouldn't. I mean, it's worth all of it, don't you think? Absolutely. I remember when we moved in. You're like, I don't know how I feel about these uneven floors. I'm like, you're gonna have to get over the uneven floors, bro. Do you, Do you want to know something? <laughs> it's been five years. We're going on six years now. And I still, every fucking day, I walk between the, what we call the TV room and the game room downstairs. The, the, the floors are not level. There's, there's a hump between them. And I They're not level think anywhere. Every, every, every room, every up, three feet, there's upstairs a Upstairs when you come up the stairs, yeah, <laughs> next to the stairs, the way the floor slopes down and stuff. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't think... At some point, if we have the money, I want to get somebody to come Such in here and actually That's so crazy to me. fix that. That's so crazy to me. I think it's so – that is such a futile undertaking. And also, it's funny to me – You've watched this old house on TV. The way they can go into an old house, keep the integrity of the house, but actually – But that's unnecessary. Okay, this is – the maybe point. okay. It's maybe. very un- considering everything that needs to be done here. That is the least of the things. I'm worried to it's going to keep sagging, and all of a sudden it's going to be like boom, into. fall in one day. But what's funny to me about that is, we were talking about this before, about how you are just comfort. You're comfortable in 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 chaos. Like phys- like if your environment, physical environment, is in chaos. Like I'm like order, order, order. I need order. If my external environment is in order, my internal environment feels safer. So that's why I get really fucking irritated if there's shit laying around on floors or counters or whatever. As much as that stuff doesn't bother you, you get so worked up about these uneven floors, and I am totally okay with them. That crack kind of cracks me up. I know. I know. I Trust me. And I know <laughs> you make fun of me because I say I'm a perfectionist and I'm not a perfectionist. But every time I do a project and something doesn't go the way I planned it and there's something oh, that's yes, off, sir. I obsess about it and think about it. And you're like, who the fuck cares? Like it's, it, I know, but it's only related to certain topics. So that's what that, – right. anyway, what, that's what's funny to me. I'm going to wrap this up. But um, – that's what's funny to me because the things that you decide to be a perfectionist on and the things that I decide to be a perfectionist on are in direct opposition to one another. And it makes me laugh when you like if like a technical like a technological thing isn't working, you're just like it doesn't make sense. It, you get so so fixated on the fact that this should not be this way and I'm like some things just no. glitch. No. That happens. And you're like, no, it doesn't make sense. There's no reason for this. Right. So let's get to the bottom <laughs> of it because it can be fixed and it can be the way it should be. Which just goes back to yeah. our other podcast where I feel that way around other topics. Let's get to the bottom of it. This can be fixed. And you're like, no, it's just there's just a glitch here. Yes. Anyways. Yeah. Good times. Good talk. Good talk. I love this house. I think we're going to talk a lot more about it because it's such a big part of our story. Yeah, that was impromptu. Thanks for cluing me into uh, what the topic was going to be. All right. Well, next time I'll next time maybe come up with something to throw at me. I will, and I'll share it with you. How about that? No, let's not. Okay. All right. Love you. Love you. Bye.